No. What's your least favorite scary movie? Scary Movie, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the absurd in all of our favorite and least favorite scary movies. Because we believe every horror movie rightfully has its fan base. Even if we don't always get it. My name is Travis. My name is Jesse. And welcome back, everybody. We have a witchin' good time for you uh, today. Thank you for the save. Yep, <laughs> I don't I, know how to... <laughs> you, I, I you honestly, got the little beach ball of death in your brain just then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to introduce this one. We're talking about Suspiria. Un yeah. film de... Dario Argento. Argento, and yeah, I don't really know how to oh, describe it. I don't know how yeah. to lead into it. It's just a fucking experience, man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. To we're gonna about it. we're gonna try and do an entire podcast about it because that's what we do. That's yeah. our whole thing here. It's, it's kind of our shtick. Yeah, kind it's of what y'all are here for, um, most likely. I think I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I think. I think so. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, the only announcement I have is that we got to finish up our Halloween movie watch. Yeah, that's right. Because we recorded last week's episode on October 29th, so we still had a couple more nights of movies. Yeah, I know. We're already like in the second week of November, but you know. Halloween year round, y'all. Um. Okay, I think the last one that we ended on was Five Nights at Freddy's, right? Yes, we okay. definitely talked about that. So on October 29th, we went with a familiar favorite, Halloween 5, because yes. we were getting pumped up for the Halloween day, you know? Like, I mean, how else do you do it by watching one of the best Halloween movies in the franchise? Yes, and we did. That's what we chose to get signed by Danielle Harris mm-hmm, yeah. at Scarefest, and we were right behind somebody getting... A poster of Halloween Five Signs. So I thought we'd be the dozens of us. I thought we'd be the only ones. Honestly, (laughs) I it was between that and Halloween Four, and I was like, you know what? Let's show Halloween Five the love it deserves, and other people also had the same ideas. And we also (laughs) made things weird for her by mentioning Among Friends. That's right. Yeah, her movie. She was like, whoa, okay, (laughs) that movie was a shit show, (laughs) and she did she did not want to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, it's just fine. I get it. Uh, next up was Jesse's pick. She chose I'm Just Fucking With You. Yeah, that's one of the Into the Dark ones. And I think it's actually the one that introduced us to the series. It it's, is. Yeah. That's the first one we watched for sure. Yeah, because I like we were just scrolling through Hulu and saw the title I'm Just Fucking With You. And then we read the description because it's basically, oh, a guy at a hotel being messed with by a stranger. I remember being interested in the whole series because I love holiday-themed horror movies, yes. and their whole thing is to take every holiday and make one. So that's an April Fool's Day holiday mm-hmm. movie, which it's great. You know, other than April Fool's Day, it's good to have another entry in that holiday. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, now have two. Yeah. I like that one a lot. It's yeah. a really good movie, honestly. I, I recommend it to anybody. Yeah. It's a good it's a good one if you've seen them before and you like them, if you never watched anything in the series and you want to. It's just, and they're like discarded Blumhouse movies. It's all it is. Yeah. So if you like Blumhouse, yeah, it's they're like, yeah, this isn't good enough for theaters, but we'll pump it on to Hulu. Yeah. And yeah, it's exactly good for that right there. And if you've reached the grumpy fuck era of your life, such as us, then uh, sometimes just being able to stream stuff in your own home is the better option. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody's kind of getting towards <laughs> that direction right now. Everybody hates everybody now. It's lovely. <laughs> Uh, and then on Halloween, we have our tradition movies. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and ramble off mm-hmm. all of those. So 
We started with trick or treat. Yes. Which we did that whenever trick or treating began here. Yes. So we got trick or treaters while we were watching trick or treat. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Then we went on to Halloween. You can't not watch Halloween on Halloween. That was the night he came home. Sacrilegious, if you don't. And then we went with the sacrilegious Halloween entry after that and went with Halloween (laughs) 3. The one that does not deserve to be in the franchise, but everybody loves it now. Yeah. I I was really feeling the music. I was feeling the mystery, and I I was feeling the women in my right of it all. <laughs> so <laughs> no, no, that's a good one. That one's growing on me. Yeah, I like it as not a Halloween entry. <laughs> you know, yeah. a Halloween movie not in no, the Halloween franchise. See, I'm in the camp that it does belong in the franchise. It doesn't. It does not belong. We had this nice conversation with Joe Bob and Darcy at the Jamboree last summer. And obviously, yeah. I was on Darcy's side, and you were on Joe Bob's side. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have enough time to get into. No, that we right don't. Now. <laughs> Go but listen to uh, our episode on it if you want to. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's our movies okay. that we watched during the Scream Screen. So okay, uh, we'll be coming back with those next October. And now we're now we're on to November. Mm-hmm. We're on to non-themed movies for now. Yeah, that is. Um, don't worry. We're gonna be having some Thanksgiving. Horror coming at you guys this month. Yes, we will. Actually, that. a new one for us too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are we ready? Can we talk? Can we talk about Un Film de Dario Argento? No, not yet. We got to do polls. Oh my god, <laughs> we forgot polls so many weeks in a row that I forgot that we. Yeah. A thing. Okay. <laughs> so we talked about Unfriended Dark Web last week, and we wanted to know which Cards Against Humanity player are you guys? Mm-hmm. So you got the couple. The one muting, the disruptor, and the moderator. And we were truly thinking of like Zoom game night, but those you have character limits doing these online. Yeah, exactly. You can't really do too much with that. But on Instagram, we have 14% that are the couple, 14% are the ones muting, 43% the disruptors, and 29% the moderators. And on Twitter, 25% the couple and 75% the disruptor. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I think we're pretty clearly the couple, considering all of our social media for the show is joint, and that's how we do a lot of our online interacting. Not yeah. that we don't have individual social media, but... Okay. All right. Now we can talk about Suspiria. Okay. So, Suspiria came out February 1st, 1977. Oh, just in time for Valentine's Day. Yup. It released in the United States August 10th, 1977. Just in time for your birthday 20 years before you're born. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> we watched it on our 4K Blu-ray. Um, again, as we talked about last week, if you have the ability to get that, I highly recommend it because this is a colorful I'm, movie I'm and sorry. this movie does the colors justice. I'm sorry. What did we watch it on? I'm not saying it the way that you're saying it. I'm sorry. It sounded like you said it weirdly. Are you talking about the fork? We watched it on the fork? Yep, we put our fork in the <laughs> disc tray and magically it started playing Suspiria. So, and in amazing colors. <laughs> Somehow, it worked. Uh, but if you want to watch it as of today, November 5th, 2023, you can currently stream it on the Criterion channel, Tubi. Canopy, which is your local library, if you guys can stream through that. Having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. Exactly. And you can watch it on Paramount Plus through Apple. I don't think you can watch it on normal Paramount Plus, but if you do through Apple TV, you can. Uh, you can hardly watch anything on normal Paramount Plus anymore if you don't have the... The stars yeah. add-on? Yeah, it's kind of bullshit. I hate it. But you can rent this one place, and it's not any of the normal places that we say on here. You can rent it on Alamo On Demand. 
which I think okay. is Alamo Draft House. That that's what I immediately assumed, but yeah. I feel like part of the appeal of Alamo Draft House is you know the environment they set. For I think their so movies. too. Well, also I guess the appeal is letting you rent movies you can't rent elsewhere. <laughs> well, touche. <laughs> yeah. All right. Written and directed by Dario Argento, but it was also written by Daria Nicolodi. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This Seems was, ease. I believe, I don't think they collaborated on Deep Red in terms of writing. Maybe they did, but I do know that this was like the beginning of them well, then, fully starting to team up. You know what their answer to Zoom game night would be? The couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, music by Goblin, or as it's credited in <laughs> the, the opening goblins. credits. The <laughs> goblins in parentheses, or not parentheses. Is it? No. Quotations, quotations, yeah, yeah. Um, but it also has Argento as part of the uh, the music mm. too. He collaborated with them to make the music. Okay. I don't know exactly what he did. Maybe he was like playing like the little bell, or just <laughs> banging on the bell in the corner for this guy like, contributed. Uh, special effects makeup: Pierino Macacci and Germano Natali. Okay. Starring Jessica Harper as Susie, Stefani Cassini as Sarah, Eva Axon as Pat. Alita Valley as Miss Tanner and Joan Bennett as Madame Blanc. Okay. All right, time for our favorite game, Jesse. Budget, Budget or Bugted? What do you think? Bugted? I don't know. <laughs> okay. They don't have it. Um, that's one of the things with international films is it's hard to pin down exactly the budget for these. So yeah. we don't have a budget. Don't have any estimation. I would imagine that they gave him money for this because he's got... Italian A-listers basically in this movie with okay. Miss Tanner's character. She's one of the biggest actors there. Oh, um, dude, she's a fucking presence on screen. So. She is, yeah. Madame Blanc's actor is apparently old Hollywood. Oh, she she drips that like old Hollywood like mm-hmm. regality, I guess. I um, that's the right word I'm trying to think of. Jessica Harper sounds familiar, but I really only know her from this movie. But I feel like that's a name that... I think I've seen elsewhere, but I can't confirm. I did not look it up. <laughs> so I, I imagine there is some money behind this thing, but I do have some kind of figures for what it made. Okay. So um, as far as box office, we got 43000 Okay. in terms of money earned. Again, these are very loose figures. A lot of this stuff did not really, uh, like I would check at one source and it would say something completely different. So I'm going with what I feel is the most accurate. Uh, worldwide gross, we have, I guess, overall $5.3 million. That includes, like, home media sales, too. Okay, the forks and whatnot. Exactly, yeah. And an IMDb of 7.3. Okay, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the number we want to hear. Yeah, it's a that, high one. That's a high one for a horror film, so. Yeah, for real. And I've and got the fact a, that it's like international, I think, also says something about it being such a high number. So I mean, Suspiria is one of those movies that I think everybody, uh, once you get into, like, you start doing your deep dive into horror, you always stumble across it because people throw it up there. Yeah. You know? Well, we went when we went to see Goblin uh, a few weeks ago. Oh God, it was like a month and a half ago. <gasps> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it was in September. <laughs> Time is flying. Um, we had this conversation with several of our friends that we were with that Suspiria seemed to be a lot of people's uh, introduction to Argento. Yeah, it was mine too. Yeah, it was mine. It was a few of the other people we were with. Um, 
you just... brought it up to me, I remember. Mm-hmm. But I remember first seeing something about it on the 100 Scariest Movie Moments, which yeah. really which got we me. Which we watched together. So yeah. that's exactly what happened to me. Is I was watching, it was Bravo, right? Yeah. Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments. I was watching that with my mom, and Suspiria pops up. And I was like, oh, this looks weird and fun. And my mom was like, bet. Um, <laughs> so hey, we had she watched not seen that. it yet? No, she, I'm pretty sure she had seen it. Okay. She was like, okay, yeah, we're going to watch this. Cool. Um, either that or she also thought it was really cool. But in my mind, she had already seen it. Gotcha. So I'm sure she'll let me know if I'm incorrect. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll get a text at like 11 on Thursday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and then it was the same thing with you. We were watching the 100 Scariest Movie Moments together in college, and we got to Suspiria, and you're like, whoa, this looks intense. I was like, dude, it is. No, I, re- I remember vividly my experience with this. So this is whenever I finally got my own apartment, and like you mm-hmm. were staying with me in my apartment. We fell asleep on the couch while we were watching the 100 Scariest Movie Moments. And I remember I woke up right at the point whenever they were showing the clip of um, Pat coming down from the the top yeah Yeah. and like getting like hanged and i remember like coming out of that dream like you know being dazed and then seeing that that was one of the scariest fucking things i had ever (laughs) witnessed like it scared the shit out of me and the thing is i think it's kind of appropriate too because this movie is kind of like a dream yeah so i got to like experience it in that dream state like there there was like what the fuck is happening (laughs) it's it's scary but uh yeah i mean everybody i guess gets introduced to it yeah. At some point. Whew, we kind of went on to like a tangent there. It's okay. All right. Well, I've got three other movies here that came out in 1977. Okay. I got a theme. Um, What's your theme? I started off, well, well I guess this kind of goes all the way through, but um, weird ass movies from 1977 that I would love to talk about on the show eventually. <laughs> okay. That's a very specific theme. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what's on the list. All right. Well, movie number one's Eraserhead. Okay. All right. That's appropriate. That movie is fucking yeah. crazy. 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 I, I can't remember. Have you seen that one? Um. Yes. You've seen Rice? Yes. Okay. We haven't seen it together, though. Mm-mm. I watched it like freshman year of college. Yeah. Yeah, that's a weird fucking experience. Um, yeah. It's really good. David Lynch at his finest right there. I think that might be one of his first. <laughs> it is Lynchiest. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that came out March 19th with a budget of $10,000. Worldwide gross, 23500 Okay. IMDb score, 7.3. Okay. Again, matching right. Suspiria there. Uh, next up, House. Okay. We have not seen this yes, one yet. this is one I have not seen. Really, really want to. We unfortunately missed an opportunity to watch that at the Kentucky Theater like yes. a month ago. Yeah. Really Would have been a good way to timing. Yeah. watch it. But you know what? We can watch it at home. It'll be fun. But that came out. In our house. In our house. Exactly. It makes it more immersive that <laughs> <Spooky>. way. Spooky. <laughs> uh, came out July 30th, 1977. Don't have a budget. Again, that's another uh, international film. So harder to track that information. Yes. But I got a gross of 209,000. Okay. IMDb score, 7.3. Okay. <laughs> was that another part of your theme? Or it was. It kind of like a once, happy accident. <laughs> once I hit that one right there, I was like, I got to find another 7.3. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I did not. <laughs> but it this next not. one, The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, boy. Which, eh. We've covered the remake. Yeah, the remake. Um, I've watched this one one time. Not a big fan of it. 
Yeah, I mm, there's good and bad between the original and the remake, and I want to like smoosh them together, kind of. I'm I'm at this point now where like there's a lot of movies that I hated my first watch, and I feel like I like them more now than I did then. So that's one that I do want to watch again and maybe see if I have different feelings towards it. But I did not like it when we first watched it. Uh, the remake is amazing. I think it's going to be hard to top that one for the best entry. But that came out July 22nd with a budget of maybe 230000 But then another source says anywhere from three hundred and fifty to 700000 So okay. nobody has a fucking clue how much money that There thing... was money involved. Yeah, there was. Money exchange. We things. can say that much. Worldwide gross, $25 million. I don't know. Is that fucking real? That's a lot of money for a movie in 1977. But I think it was a hit. I think people did love it. So I don't know. I could be wrong. But uh, I don't have an IMDb of 7.3, but the IMDb of this one is 6.3. Okay. So okay. it's a point so we down entirely. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. It's still good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you know, I, right. I think that one would be a good one to talk about on here someday. Cause All right. Well, I am glad that your very specific theming held up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does for me. You know, those are <laughs> movies that I would like to talk about, and they are all weird in their own way. Just like you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so taglines. Um, oh, boy, you pulled out the phone. That means we're in for fun. All I wrote here is see phone too many to write. So I've got 13 total taglines here. All right. I have not read any of them. So yes. First one, do you know anything about witches? I feel like that kind of gives away, you know, it feels mostly like a murder mystery up until we learn about the witch involvement. Yeah. But then I was watching it last night and thinking to myself, boy, like we're almost exactly 30 seconds into this movie and we have Goblin here just going, witch. Oh, that Witch. is true. Claudio does kind of drop yeah. the plot early He's on just as like, well. Yo, this is about witches, uh. <laughs> so just letting you know. That is Claudio's voice, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he also does the la la las. Um, yeah. He yeah, it was cool seeing him do that live. Like he yeah. sounds exactly the same, which yes. is impressive. Also, he is freaking adorable because uh, the movie that they played along with. So they played along with the movie, and then they played their greatest hits. Obviously, this was part of their greatest hits. Yeah. Um, but the movie they played along with was Demone. And at the end, when his name popped up on the credits, he like pointed and was like smiling and so excited. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you've been doing this for decades, man. I love that he's still thrilled. I am too. <laughs> I'm glad that they still do tours with this movie too. They'll still do. I think we missed it. They came through Lexington one time doing Suspiria. But yeah. I think that was around when COVID hit. Mm. So it kind of. Not great timing. Yeah, did not work out well. Um, sorry if this offends anybody with my Italian accent. But uh, when they started to play this, he was like, all right. I need you all to help me sing along. It is three simple words. La, la, la. <laughs> and so the audience starts doing it. He goes, mm, maybe not ready for the church choir, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it, was, it was such a, if you get the opportunity to see Goblin perform live, absolutely do it. You won't regret it. I mean, it's cool. You get a movie and you also get like a musical performance. Like, yeah. It's, it's really nice. It, like it's a full on concert. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's a good time. So yeah, that is spoiled right away. Okay. Oof, okay. Another okay, tangent. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. You know it's going to be a good episode when we have all these tangents that are related to the movie itself, though. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, witchcraft's most macabre tale. Okay. So we're just, we're not even trying to hide the witch thing. Okay. Mm -mm, no. Psycho meets the exorcist with no holes barred. Mm, 
those aren't the movies that I would mash together to describe this. But Not okay. at all. No, those are like big movies that happen, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that one and that one. Yeah, <laughs> makes this one right here. Not even close. <laughs> Dario Argento's classic. It's already a classic, and it just came out. This is obviously after the fact. <laughs> like to imagine him writing that, like as he's yeah. getting ready to print the poster, <laughs> yeah. though. From the first minute to the last minute, it's a nerve-shattering experience. I, this is one of those that it feels more like just a rev, like a mini review of the movie, but also it's not incorrect. And I feel like taglines of the time were a little bit more like that. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of this is also just stuff that was being said during yeah. the trailers. This one in right here is the same thing. It's just Dario Argento's horror masterpiece, which I'm not going to count that. This one I've seen on posters before. The only thing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of this film are the first 80. Okay. I like that. I think yeah. that's pretty cool. I mean, it's not really... Actually, you know what? The first first 15 I've... minutes are terrifying. Yeah. I was going to say, it's all pretty... It stays pretty tense. It um... does. Yeah. <laughs> you can run from it. You can hide from it. You can't escape from it. Okay. I like that. I, yeah. I do like that because she does both run and hide. Um multiple girls do and they all come back the only one that they come back to the academy and they're like okay i guess i'm ready to die no pat goes to like a friend's apartment pat goes back to the academy where she dies she's running out of the academy at the beginning and she goes to a friend's apartment yeah no whenever she gets back i thought she was back at her friends and she's like okay but i'm leaving tomorrow i don't know i could be wrong okay i'm gonna that's the problem with dario making everything red and blue in this movie you don't know what's where that's true. Yeah. Um, okay. The sound of fear. You'll experience it when you see Suspiria. Uh, I think that was Claudio um, that said that. <laughs> the sound of fear when you see. Once you've seen it, you will never again feel safe in the dark. <laughs> Once you see it, you will never hear. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It's okay. The only thing more terrifying than... Uh, they keep changing it. The only thing more terrifying than the last five minutes of this film are the first 90. What? <laughs> but that doesn't even add up because the other tagline, it was 92 minutes. I think it like was 12 and 80. The first five minutes doesn't even cover her death either. It's yeah. like the, coming out of the airport like, whoa, Susie the wind's Banyan there. Susie wanted to further her ballet. No. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> eh, the last one is the most frightening film you'll ever see, which... These are all the same, really. So why did we need 13 separate taglines for like the same thing over and over again? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Those taglines, there's like a couple in there that work. Just yeah. not being stated repeatedly. That kind of takes away the effect, the impact for me. Okay. Okay. I got fun facts. Yay. So Dario Argento is like a true believer of witchcraft. He thinks that witches exist. He like thinks he... He is quoted as saying, like, it's not something to joke about. Like, they are real. They're, like, a true danger. You can feel he's got a sense of respect for, like, witches in this movie. Not, like, respect, like, a- admiration, but, like, respect for the, the scariness of them. Yeah. So he became obsessed with, um, well, not obsessed, I should say, but, like, fascinated with this location called the Magic Triangle, which is a point where... France, Germany, and Switzerland all meet. Do you know why it's called the Magic Triangle, or is it just because that's where they meet? So there's this essay that he referenced, or that was referenced as an inspiration. Okay. Um, he wrote something called uh, Suspiria de Profundis, mm-hmm. which is a collection of essays that 
are about the witches or witches, I guess I should say. There is a section where he wrote about the three sorrows, which is um, referencing the three heads that inspired the trilogy that he did with this right here. So the Mother of Tears trilogy, I think is what it's called, Okay. which is Suspiria, Inferno, and Mother of Tears, which... Okay. Yeah. I don't think we've seen any of the other no. two. Need to watch Inferno. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people like that movie. I didn't I'd... know he had more witch movies. Yeah, it's a whole trilogy. I'd always heard it was part of a trilogy, but I assumed it was like the Cornetto trilogy where it's like very loosely tied together. It is. Like... <laughs> I think that there may be like some references, but I don't think that they're like actual like chronological in the same universe. Yeah, but think... it, it sounds like if it's all based off of this essay and his... um fascination with witches that they would probably all be tied to witchcraft in some sort of way yeah it could be all right so he's got three the three sorrows that i think influence this so the one for suspiria is mater suspirium which is the oldest of the witches it's based in friedberg which is where this movie takes place uh, okay the second one mater lacrimarum which is the mother of tears which influenced the mother of tears movie and the third one mater tenebraeum which tenebrae is not part of the trilogy but i have a feeling that there's like some inspiration with that yeah or something. <laughs> but yeah the three uh movies in the mother of tears trilogy are suspiria inferno and mother of tears so okay. yeah we need to watch the other two but yeah. in case any of you guys watch this and want some more of the witchcraft type stuff from him you know check those out People believe that this movie was shot in Technicolor. That is not the case. Uh, most movies after the 1950s were not shot in Technicolor. Okay. But there was a process called Ambition Technicolor Prints, which is what they did. They took the film and I guess they had like a way of printing them. I don't know. It was something to do with like the celluloids, like okay. the film. Like it made it more colorful. They were able to focus more on the color. So if they wanted a scene to have like those really bright reds or blues or greens, they could really just focus on those colors in particular and have like, everything else remain the same. Like a high saturation for certain pigments? Yes, okay. something like that. Which actually, the reason why it is as colorful as it is is because he kind of wanted to make a live action cartoon out of this. Okay. Um, The main inspiration was actually Snow White, which <gasps> whenever he got the, I think it was the director of photography, for this movie, he made him watch Snow White and wanted him to try and emulate that as much as possible. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, di I didn't put that together on my own, but now that you say that, I can totally see that. The 1937 animated Snow White, by the way, if you guys haven't watched it any time in adulthood, is fucking terrifying. Yeah, I really want to watch that again. It's been forever. <laughs> I used to watch that all the time as a kid. And I remember the old witch used to scare the shit out of me all the time. I remember watching it after one of my proms in high school, like with a group of friends. And we were like, what the fuck? Is this really what we were watching as children? Well, we were still children then, yeah. but you know what I mean. Like no, I know. No, I, re I really want to watch it again as an adult. I feel like I'd have like a whole new appreciation for it. Yes, absolutely. And especially like... Because that movie it definitely has some horrific elements to it. And yeah. I like that this kind of takes that and makes it into a horror. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. It was actually Daria Nicolodi's idea to like 
base it off of that. So like nice. whenever they were doing this, he focused more on like the witchcraft <laughs> aspects of it. And, and then Daria said, but what about Snow White? <laughs> yeah. She um she wanted to throw in the fairy tale elements to kind of give it that fairy tale feeling to it. So Which she I think is the right call for this kind of a movie because it I think it gives it the right balance to kind of make it feel dreamlike and not quite real, which is important with this witchcraft stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I, like, I like that blending of elements. I think that's why the two of them make a good team. Yes. She had that idea, which is like one of my favorite aspects of the whole movie. Yeah. And, um, I don't normally go for like witchy type stuff, but I really like the way that they do it in this movie. I, like it's legitimately creepy at times. Yeah. Uh, so also... Speaking of the lights and bright colors of this movie, a lot of times they would have to put the lights really, really close to the actors, which is like really uncomfortable because yeah, lights like that are hot. And they're bright and they're in your eyes and you're sweating mm -hmm. and it's just unpleasant. And uh, Jessica Harper has those gigantic Bambi eyes that she has to keep yeah. wide open and fear the whole time. Mm -hmm. They like actually had to cover them every now and then just to protect them because it was so intense on them. Daria Nicolodi was originally going to play Sarah. Okay. But she wasn't able to due to injury. But oh. she is in the movie. She is the person that she's following whenever Susie is leaving the airport in the beginning of the movie. And she's also the voice of the directress at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. okay. You think you can kill Helena Marcus? Although to be fair, I don't think we get the same well probably <laughs> yeah i think they had somebody else dub that for english did she do the snoring also i hope she did the snoring <laughs> actually you know what she we could have heard her snoring that could be what that is the uh, movie is also supposed to like follow children instead of you know barely not children yeah <laughs> but they figured you know trying to do a whole movie with children would be a little bit difficult which i could see that yeah uh, john carpenter saw this in theaters it really gave him inspiration to go more for the minimalist take nice. on filming. And uh, he was really impressed with the score. And he said it really influenced his future projects, which the following year was Halloween. Yep. So I think that had maybe a bit of an influence on how he did Halloween. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say cool. definitely I could see the music being an influence on him. Yeah. And the final thing in March 2020, there was a new score done by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And uh, what? Yeah. What King Giz did a? Oh my god! I know. Yeah. They. It seems like honestly, I kind of see them. I could see them being the modern day Goblin. Oh my god! And it's really easy to miss releases from them because they put out like ten fucking albums a year because yeah. there's twenty members well, of the band. It's not just them. It's them <laughs> and like various other Melbourne artists. But they all performed like a live showing of the film while doing their score with it too oh man i know what i'm listening at work tomorrow i hope they have it released <laughs> that, that would be awesome i didn't check to see if it's on like <laughs> uploaded or anything like that but that's it that's my fun facts okay all right all right so time to get into our discussion of it jesse you started off what did you like uh, everything uh okay. <laughs> <laughs> no it's just it's such a good movie it you get like this nice mystery being told from the first half and then it shifts so seamlessly into this story about witches mm -hmm. in a way that like it almost tricks you and then you've got 
this dreamlike quality the whole time like you were talking about before it's one of those movies that every time i'm i've watched it that afterwards i'm like did we really just watch a movie like it just feels like a thing that like you astral project into almost yeah usually with movies I don't like being confused by things. Like if something doesn't make sense, it usually bothers me. But this time I feel like it fits the movie. Like it it seems definitely intentional and like I feel like it works to its benefit. Yes. You got a protagonist that you can kind of root for. I mean, we don't learn a lot about Susie, but like it kind of makes it easier to put yourself in her place. That's what I was thinking too. Like it's, she's the type of person that you can kind of project onto. Yeah, she's a she's a bit of a Mary Sue. Yeah. Um, which is <laughs> Mary Susie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which like is fine for the purpose of what this story is trying to do, and like all of the side characters honestly become more interesting in a lot of ways anyway. Yeah. Um, I have a new appreciation for a lot of the dialogue after hearing what. Uh, some of your fun facts about how he was really into witchcraft truly believes it like that whole scene with frank mandel i (laughs) makes me angry um frank (laughs) mandel the psychiatrist oh okay yeah yeah Yeah, um so i kind of like that he put in that like okay yeah he he doesn't like frank okay cool (laughs) got that um that helps to know uh (laughs) so i just and the obviously the soundtrack fucking slaps oh yeah um, it's just such a beautifully shot movie. Like it's visually appealing a hundred percent of the time. Um, even to the point that like bright red paint for blood isn't distracting because it's just like, well, this is just part of it. Yeah, like, almost, it's part of the cartoony nature. Of yeah, it. that's what I was thinking too. It almost felt appropriate, really. Like normally that would be something to complain about, but like I really do feel like that was a stylistic choice because yeah. I've seen his other movies. Like he does blood fairly well enough. Yeah, just there's just so many great things to say about this movie. It's and it holds a special place in my heart too because it's my first Argento, my first Giallo. Really, it it's got the dance elements. It's got just. Is this really a Giallo? Eh. I know, like it has a lot of the same type of feel, and like it hits similar beats. But I don't know if I would actually call it a giallo okay i'm cool with that it's close to one for sure it's just i don't know like usually with a giallo like you got like a well there's a mystery here there is a mystery yeah yeah i don't know i guess there could be it could yeah be. i don't know very loosely a giallo we need like a chart like or like a tree diagram or whatever like is this a giallo what like- are the, <laughs> what's venn diagram there's like a venn diagram of like giallo and witchcraft movies i think this is like right in the center (laughs) okay um but yeah it just i i just love this movie so much did i mention the music already yeah you did yeah 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 Yeah, a lot of your stuff echoes a lot of what i have (laughs) (laughs) um i love the use of color in this movie it's one of my favorite things i love colorful movies and just like no reasoning no like rationale for having like a room be bright bright red and then suddenly have it change to bright green in the same scene it doesn't make any sense but stylistically it's one of my favorite movies to watch because of that because it's just i don't know like not only is it an interesting story to follow but like even whenever you're not getting things play out like you're just watching something and you're listening to the music and experiencing that while watching the colors and the sets that they've designed for it. Like the whole place is uh, amazingly put together. 
Yes. And it's all kind of confusing too. I like, also feel like only a madman could decide to do velvet wallpaper. And I too am a madman because I saw that and I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, on one, like, uh, the special features, they were um, comparing it to like a MC Escher type thing. And apparently <laughs> like they think he may have actually been inspired by it because uh, the street that the school was on is like Escher Street or something like that. Escher. Escher. Are you like saying the actual name of the I'm street? I'm trying to. It's a whole bit in the movie. Remember, we were getting furious with the cab driver oh, yeah. last night. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Because that her pronunciation he was just a little bit off, and he's yeah. a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot. I don't know. It's just uh, it's a fucking treat to watch. Yeah, music fucking slaps. I like the mystery of the directress. I think the opening is one of the best openings in all of horror. Mm -hmm. It's so fucking good. It captures you. Yeah, I don't know. That's. I mean, the rest of it is just kind of echoing what you said. Okay. All right. Bad? I wish there was more dancing. Yeah, you're right. There isn't really a lot of dancing in this movie. I would have loved that to be more of an element of it. Plus, I just... Like, and part of that is just, you know, being a former dancer. I'm always down to watch some dancing. But I also think... Part of what is so great about ballet is how it is so fantastical as an art form. And I feel like it would really add to those elements that make this movie what it is. Yeah. Also, <laughs> this isn't a bad for Suspiria, but like as we were watching it, I was like, oh, wow, he copy pasted a lot of this for Phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> he does that with a lot of his stuff. Yeah. I, like, yeah, to be fair, I mean, that's true. But like, we were sitting there taking notes and I was like, huh, okay. American girl, foreign boarding school has to solve a mystery, supernatural elements. I think. <laughs> the headmistress <laughs> is the one that's like, you know, responsible for killing people. Like, <laughs> I think with Phenomena, he's like, but like, what if we made Albert a monster? <laughs> you know, because Albert in this movie, he's like a little, he's ominous, but like, you don't really you know see much from him other than just being this little kid that gets bit by a dog <laughs> i feel bad for the little boy in phenomenon it's not his fault his mom is a monster and didn't help make him yeah didn't help him adapt oh well, that's darian nickelodeon so blame her <laughs> that's why they told her not to be in this one <laughs> save that save that hate yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah so i really yeah really my only bad is that i would have loved to see uh, and honestly, I don't think we needed to add runtime to this movie, but if they could have found a way to incorporate more no, dance No, I, I agree it. with that. Yeah. Because that's the whole point of her being there. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. The only thing I could think of is not every character gets their chance to shine. Mm. There's some characters that like seem to be really interesting pieces that we don't really get anything from. <gasps> Olga gets dropped. Olga gets so dropped. So fast. Immediately, Yeah. Uh, I guess like Sarah kind of replaces her almost. Yeah. I um, would have loved to see more of like some of the other students being a little bit more involved in the coven stuff because that's kind of the feeling I get from like Olga because she's so ready to like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I Well, I could also see them saying, well, she decided she wanted to stay with us. So we're coming here to get her stuff like lying to both parties. Yeah. You know, really some of the people that I want to see more from are like some of the other people that work at the school like Pavlos. Like, we don't really, the dude, like, chases her at the end, but we don't really see anything of him other than, like, being He's, insulted for his appearance. 
at yeah. the beginning of the movie. And then also Albert, like I said before, that kid is creepy as fuck. The dog actually killed him is my theory because he no, doesn't come back after No, the... he does. When do we see him again? He's in the room with um, Madame Blanc whenever she's cursing Susie, whenever she finds oh, them upstairs. Yeah. I completely missed him. Yeah, he's like standing right there and you just don't see anything. I wanted to know their involvement because, okay. you know, I don't, I mean, they're not witches, I don't think. Maybe they are. Like, can men be witches? Um, I thought like men would be like a wizard or something. Mm, I don't know. It, well, that's a whole complicated thing. Yeah. Um, okay. But they could still be a part of the coven in in a way. Okay. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I I want to know. Then I guess that's one of the only things I could say about this movie is what they bring to the table. Okay. Uh okay, ugly. Um Frank Mandel's whole thing about like obviously anybody who believes in witchcraft is mentally ill. Um <laughs> uh, like you can't just like grossly generalize a whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um I can see what he's saying with Sarah in the moment, you know, like, oh, he's worked with her as a patient before, which, by the way, hello, HIPAA. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if HIPAA applies internationally, but like, Jesus, um, just give this poor girl's life story to this stranger. Yeah. I could see him saying like, okay, well, she went through this traumatic event. We worked. She got better. But now she's restressed. And now she's talking about witchcraft. That's concerning to me. That would be one thing. But for him to say anybody who believes in witchcraft is clearly ill. Like, would he, like, does he, anything that's not entirely science-based? Like, would he say anybody that has, like, specific religious beliefs? Or would he pick and choose different religious beliefs? Because for some people, like, um, and I'm not equating Wicca and witchcraft because there's differences. Um, But, like... You know, would he just pick those and be like, oh, clearly this is a symptom of a mental illness. But like, oh, Christian, you're cool. Fine. Bye. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm like. It feels like he's very much biased based on his own world experience. And it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. He like was talking about it in broad strokes. Yeah. Because there's subtlety and nuance always and stuff like this. Yeah, that is kind of shitty on his part. Which guy is he again? Is he um the guy that like goes to see her whenever she's in her room and they're taking care mm-hmm. of her? Um, he is the one that Sarah had given all of her notes to. She referred oh. to him as a journalist, no, that, but really that, he's a psychiatrist. I thought that dude was like on board with it. No, 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 no. The first guy that she talks to, the one that Sarah had spoken to, was the one that was like, "Oh, anybody that believes witchcraft is real is you know." It's a symptom of something else. Wow. Okay. And then he pulls over the other professor right. who was like, homie, let me tell you about witches. <laughs> but that guy, he pulls him over. He's like, look, this guy right here, he knows everything. You know, he wrote the end all be all piece on this right here. You need to talk to him like that to me came across as him saying, like, I believe in witches. This guy wrote like the final piece confirming and like has all of the information that we ever need to know about them right here. No, I took it as him having no further interest in this conversation and pushing her off on somebody else. God, that's so weird. Like, I <laughs> felt like I took a, something entirely different away from that scene. That's great, though. Like, that's I think that's awesome that we can have different interpretations of a scene. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I think that's good in art. Hmm. Art. Okay. Um, What's your ugly? Bat bashing. Oh, God. Why do Italians hate bats? Okay, I just got onto that guy for broad strokes generalizations. <laughs> um, but no, how many movies how about we, by Italian directors have we seen where yeah. they brutally beat a bat? From our experience, <laughs> Italian filmmakers don't like bats. 
and it's just like a real thing like just about something we don't know about the history of bats in italy (laughs) this movie house by the cemetery has it um Um, there's been a couple other that we've seen too yeah um i'm trying to think of all of them i can't remember off the top of my head but it is a thing yeah it's it's happened multiple times it's both argento and fulci at least those two people hate bats that i can tell maybe they were friends as children and they like had like a Cujo or old yeller experience. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. It was just weird to me that scene where the bat attacks her. It's a very long scene and like she has it she has it trapped and covered in a sheet and then a she towel, decides to take yeah. a stool and just like repeatedly bash it. And, and not like one the, or two. Yeah. It's like 10, 10 stomps on it and it's just kind of excessive. This is like wish fulfillment at this point on Argento's part. Like, yeah, it was it was a lot, and I just I didn't I don't like seeing that. Even if you don't like bats, I don't really like watching them get squished like that. Yeah, absurd. I'm gonna <laughs> before um, we understand Sarah's panic, like why she's freaking out so much. It is so infuriating watching her like talk to Susie who is clearly passed out and getting so mad at her Susie yeah Susie wake up (laughs) (laughs) the whole time I'm like oh my god let the poor girl sleep she's She's been drugged she is freaking out I understand it but yeah because like the first time it happens like she's just talking about the footsteps and it it's coming off as like gossip about like oh look here's the teachers leaving again <laughs> yeah. do, 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 do. it's like without the further context it's just like girl you are somebody's annoying younger sister do not tell me you're an only <laughs> or oldest child yeah <laughs> <laughs> my thing that i have the first thing i have is again tanner just being like this is Pavlos. He's ugly as fuck, but he can't understand me because he doesn't speak English. Right, Pavlos? Yeah, and he's like, like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, like a I smile. understand that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he kind of did look like he understood. He's like, you fucking bitch. Yeah. Um, the second thing is the scene with Sarah. Whenever she does go up there and investigate, whenever she's being chased by the witches, she like stumbles across the wall. And by doing th- so, she's like rolling over the wall but like crashing into windows and like breaking glass and everything all at the same time i was like what the fuck is happening here and she just keeps doing it yeah she she doesn't like stop like ah she just keeps rolling she doesn't break stride and he says rolling but he means like she is standing against the wall flip-flopping like a fish she's upright like yeah but she's like spinning all the way down the hallway into everything so Sarah, Sarah's the ridiculous part of this movie. Yeah, not only that, she like, <laughs> there's no way she didn't see the razor wires on the ground in that room, but she jumps headfirst into them. I feel like she was trying to jump over them. Oh, no. And, but that's also not believable because she's a fucking dancer. She would have gotten more distance than that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that she is. she's the ridiculous. She's the yeah. absurd of this movie. Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> Can't spell absurd without Sarah. No, you can. You can. Just kidding. <laughs> I forgot how to spell absurd for a minute. I thought it's there okay. was I thought there was another A. That was a good try. Absurd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you rate this? Nine seven five. Nine seven five. It is such a beautiful fucking movie. Mm-hmm. I honestly like if I had somebody that like you said, wanted to dip their toes into something outside of like 
maybe typical American mainstream horror, this is one that I would probably recommend for them for like their first international viewing. Yeah. Or like first like surreal type horror. Like it's a classic for a reason. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I didn't like it my first time watching it, but I love it now. I don't know what changed. I guess just watching more movies and then I finally like gained a new appreciation for this one. But I think I would put this at a 10. Like I mm-hmm. can't really, I had to like think really hard to think of anything bad at all to say about this movie. And it's just that I wanted more of it, you know? <laughs> all right. Well, then that brings our starting average up to a 9.875. All right. Are we ready? Sure. Okay. Susie Banyan wanted to perfect her ballet, so she went to the famed Academy of Freeburg. <laughs> Not Freebird. Is the Academy actually called Freeburg? Because I think Mm-mm. later we see, yeah, it's, it's something Tan- different. Tam Academy or something? But they call it Freeburg here for some reason. I think the Academy of Freeburg, like it's in Freeburg. Oh, the Academy yeah, of yeah, Freeburg. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I get it. I get it. Okay. Um, Music by the Goblins. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so Susie's at the airport. It is raining like crazy. She cannot get a taxi. I don't know if it's because it's like different cultural norms for flagging a taxi in Germany versus New York. So in New York, you got to be kind of aggressive. That's what she is used to. So she eventually does get one by basically, you know, throwing herself in front of the vehicle. I respect it. The man has to decide if he wants a manslaughter charge or not. I like um, how. And she's like, can you help me with my bags? Yeah, and he I just like. Stares at her. I like how, yeah, he does not, like, he reluctantly pulled over for her, and she's like, all right, I'm going to need help, and then he doesn't do anything. Yeah, so she gets all of her stuff, and then she gets in there, and she says the name of the street, which I can't try to, I didn't write it down, so I can't try and pronounce it very well, but it's something like, Exeshire, Exeshire, it sound like I'm trying to say Worcestershire sauce. Either way, she's saying it perfectly fine, and then- It's definitely not perfect German pronunciation, but for somebody who just got to Germany 30 seconds ago- She's doing okay. Well, um, then, like he he responds like ah, and then he says it in the exact same way that no, he says it slightly different. It would be like whenever people are like, oh, is it is her name Talia, and we're like Talia, like we got the gist of what you were saying. To my stupid American ears, I heard the exact same thing. <laughs> um, and then, like so, they're driving, they're driving. It's raining, and then she says, "Has it been raining like this long?" And he answers her in English, so he speaks English. This guy's just a jerk. It's perfect English. The dude had like a <laughs> British accent. Like he's not even German, I don't think. So they get to the building, and she says, "Wait here for a minute." And I fully expected him to like burn rubber oh, yeah. out of there. Uh, she gets up to the building, and she's about to go in. This girl runs out. She's saying something to somebody just behind the door. She's panicked. She runs. Susie little dummy that she is doesn't grab the door while it's still open she lets it slam and then she goes huh turns to the buzzer box and says this is Susie banyan and somebody who's clearly not an official person in any way shape or form was like go away (laughs) i you know i honestly believe that this would be the head of the place because i I had a feeling that there was some witchy stuff that was happening there like uh we don't want any new people right now so they just tell Susie to go somewhere. Yeah, except we find out later it's Sarah. Oh, yeah. Well, later. Yeah. 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 Uh, so <laughs> I wonder where the driver took her. Like, did she go stay in a hotel? I can't imagine. Like, Maybe she just stayed at the airport. Mm. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But as they're driving, she looks out the window and into the woods, and she sees Susie just kind of running yeah. through the woods. Um, Susie, or no, Pat. No, not Susie. Yeah, yeah Pat. Susie's yeah, yeah. in the cab. Pat is in the woods. Right, right. So Pat gets to her friend's apartment, and she says, her friend says that she can stay on the couch. 
Um, she says that she was kicked out of the academy and she was planning to leave and never come back. And her friend's like, listen, I've been kicked out of school before. Like, it's fine. Like, you don't need to spiral. And she goes, no, there's so much going on. It's so fantastical. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Turns out true. Uh, <laughs> so she goes to the bathroom to try and dry off because she's drenched. Um, and while she's in there, the window blows open and she freaks out. And her friend's like, Holly, this is an old ass building. Of course, the window's going to blow the window open. Talk to your super friend of Pat. <laughs> I don't know her name. Um, <laughs> yeah, Pat friend. Yeah, get get that latch on that window fix. That's a safety hazard. Um, but now it's really a safety hazard because there's like some floating eyes outside that, and then these arms burst through. Can I through. talk about this for a second? Yes. Because this was one of the things that really captured me back a long time ago. Just the shot of seeing the eyes and they're not even like human eyes. They're almost like cat eyes. It's very Cheshire cat. Yeah, it is. And like uh, Alice in Wonderland was another mm -hmm. one of the inspirations that they mentioned. Absolutely makes um, sense. Yeah. Uh, but like it, just seeing that there is so fucking creepy. And then right after that, so like an arm just reaches in and grabs her and pulls her right through. So, okay. Uh, you're saying that this is like an apartment building? That's what I think. Okay, so her friend goes running around banging on all the doors because yeah, she can hear the shit that's happening out there. Um, yeah, so nobody's answering the door. Yeah. By this point, Pat has been pulled out into the hall and is being stabbed multiple times. Is it the hall? I think this is like the roof. Well, it's indoor still. It's like hall attic. Look, the thing about this movie, the, the designs of everything, the layouts of everything, it's all 100% confusing to me. I don't understand where we're at, where, like what's going on. MC Escher going yeah. up the stairs and going down the stairs. It's and confusing. Going up the stairs. But like he's got her there and he's just like stabbing her. And then you see her at the top of the building, I think. I don't know. Maybe it's still attic. indoors. You okay. would not have this kind of delicate stained glass just open to the elements on the flat top of a roof of an old building. And Suspiria, Dario Argento Suspiria, maybe. Okay, but she's also not actively being rained on. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to make any comments on the layout of this or where we're going to be going forward because I've been wrong every What building time. we're in is up for debate, but she is 100% indoors right now. Okay, all right. Well, either way, it doesn't matter because she falls through the ceiling. It fucks up everybody's cable in the process. Yeah. Uh, not her fault. She didn't choose to be hanged by a cable cord, but, you know, it is what it is. Um. Yeah, and like this image of the glass just kind of like sinking in under her head at first That's and so then weird. the burst of everything is so that. intense yeah with uh and then her, her friend, friend running out from like right underneath just seeing the and like, then getting impaled yeah with the glass the shard right yeah. in the face oh so nasty the next day we follow Susie, who's following in daniel who's a blind man who's not allowed to bring his service dog into the building which it's seems rude. like it's um you know, against the ADA, again, that's an American American tenant, but uh, still. Yeah. <laughs> it's rude. It's You're upsetting. right. Yeah. yeah. His, we don't even get a name for the dog, do we? No. And the poor dog just has to sit outside all day long while this man plays piano for mean people. Yeah. So Susie comes in and Miss Tanner is like, you were supposed to be here last night. She goes, well, I was, but nobody would let me in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Madame Blanc is the director. She's talking to police she here's my theory on why Susie was let in she said oh Susie Banyan from New York do you know a Carol Banyan in New York and Susie goes yeah that's my aunt she goes oh notorious benefactor of the arts 
boom, boom. I think Aunt Carol kind of helped grease some of the wheels to get Susie in. Yeah, absolutely. She had that connection there. Yes. Um, well, and especially like with the whole thing about like witchcraft being meant to like, you know, grow your own like profits or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she uh, goes back to talking to the cops and says something about how Pat left the building at around 1030 last night. And Susie's like, hey, um, I was here around that time and there was somebody that was running out just then. <laughs> so she doesn't have a room ready yet. So she's going to have to stay off campus with one of the third year students. Um, and then what she pays in rent can you know, be deducted from her room and board costs whenever mm. she is able to move in. Susie, uh, oh no, she goes on a tour with Miss Tanner who takes no time in calling Pavlos very ugly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Poor Pavlos. Yeah. And she ends the tour taking her to the locker room. For some reason, Susie's bags aren't here yet, so she has to borrow shoes from somebody else. And a lot of the girls are making her uncomfortable, like, talking about money. Like, Olga's like, you must pay me up front for your rent. And somebody else is like, you can borrow my shoes or you can buy them if you like. Yeah. And very upset when Susie says no. Um, they also make fun of, I want to say it was uh, Sarah. They were calling her names and it- stuff. Sarah is like actually being nice to her, so she like yeah. sits down to talk with her, and then another well, Sarah one was of like the girls trying to tell Miss Tanner like there's something I need to tell you, and all of the girls are going, "Oh, Matahari's got a squawk, squawk, squawk." Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, I can't remember which girl it is. Is it Olga or somebody? Mm-hmm. But like uh, she's like, "Oh yeah, Sarah and Susie." You know, I've heard people whose names start with S are snakes. Snakes. Yeah, <laughs> I like this little exchange between them. Yeah. Though. I like Olga's wallpaper in her apartment. It's very abrasive and it covers the entire wall. It's It's crazy. I was thinking about that. Whenever I saw that, I was like, Jesse probably likes this. Yep. (laughs) Um, So one of the male students who drops off Susie's bags for her um, and Olga, because apparently the school gossip is like, oh, he can almost never afford his room and board. So Miss Tanner just makes him her errand boy. Um, But they like flirt a little bit. Yeah, there's like some sparks there. Yeah, and then Olga's talking about what happened with Pat and Susie like flashes back to the night before and she's like, I remember hearing her say something about Secret and Iris. Yeah, something about a flower. So the next day, Susie's room is ready and she's like, oh, well, if it's okay, I'd like to stay off campus at Olga's because mostly she doesn't want to feel like she's a child in a boarding school. Madame Blanc is like, but you said you would stay in the school? And she's like, well, I would rather stay in the apartment now that I'm there. And uh, Miss Tanner's like, you're very strong-willed. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Respect from Tanner. (laughs) She sees somebody in the hall. It's like she's walking um, solo, and she all of a sudden gets really sick. She sees this old lady. I think she's like one of the cooks there. Yeah. We see her in the kitchen She has a mirror. She's also got Albert standing Mm -hmm. right next to her. And the glare from the mirror hits... Susie in the eyes and it makes her like sick immediately. Yeah. It's like some kind of curse that she puts on her or something. So in practice, she is not feeling very good. Daniel is the pianist for them and they're supposed to do like some basically some exercises and Tanner 
doesn't want to let Susie sit down when she's like, I'm feeling very weak. And she goes, this is literally your first class with us. You need to dance. Yeah. <laughs> like, I felt bad for her. You can tell she's very sick and she's doing her best. She's just going back and forth and doing a lot of spinning for somebody who's clearly very dizzy. And this is why I wanted more of the dancing stuff because like watching her start to collapse, but she stays on point for most of that is just, oh, it's, so intense and so artistic and sad and beautiful all at yeah. once. Um, but she falls. Yeah. And she's got blood pouring out of her nose and mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wakes up t- <laughs> to Miss Tanner shoving a full pitcher in her mouth. <laughs> yeah. We're like trying to get her. It's like me trying to get Talia to drink yeah, water. It does exactly what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they don't want it. <laughs> yeah. Um, they said that she had some sort of a hemorrhaging because she was out of practice and then the class was too intense for her. So, um, you know, kind of insulting her on top of everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, The doctor gives her a shot. His name is Vertigast. And he gives her a shot and says she's got to have like this very bland diet for a week with a glass of red wine because red wine will help build up the blood and also her bags have been dropped off and olga was kind enough not to take any of her money and susie's like what and they're like yep you live here now and then sarah comes in and she's like i'm never gonna let you sleep because we're roomies yeah Yeah, they start like kind of gossiping about some of this stuff there a little bit yeah, Susie assumes that Olga just thought she was contagious and was super excited to get her out. And Sarah seems a little bit concerned that Professor Verdegas is the one that was in there with her. Uh, Pavlos brings Susie her special dinner and a nice, hefty 22-ounce pour of red wine. Yeah, they pour it like Holy I do. Shit. Yeah, I was going to say, it was a Travis pour. <laughs> yeah. I just thought, you know, you fill it up like anything else. That's what they thought, too, apparently. We have literally done a wine tasting class together, but it's fine. Yeah, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Um, She sits down and she starts combing her hair and finds maggots in her hair. Uh, This is one of the most upsetting scenes. I thought at first it was just her. I thought that they had her like targeted, but then everybody, every single room up on that floor is infested with maggots and they're falling from the ceiling. Yeah. So Tanner investigates in the attic, finds a maggoty crate filled with moldy meats. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. nasty. Yeah. So they are all going to stay in the dance hall the practice hall they're going to turn it into a dorm and she's going to get it fumigated she said that they mail order their food from a company which clearly is not as reputable as they thought Mm -hmm. since they would send spoiled meat i would also argue unless those are cured meats they probably should have been refrigerated (laughs) so they're all trying to sleep i love this shot here where like all the lights turn off and then there's just this like big bright red ominous red glow from behind the curtain from the other side um, they're all trying to sleep. And then I have, uh, my original note was Sarah heard a dog barking, but, uh, then like, He's I realized what was actually happening. Like snoring. Yeah. It's like somebody snoring. Like somebody comes over there and lays right behind, directly behind them. Yeah. And starts snoring. And then this freaks Sarah out. She's like, oh my God, I think that this is the directress. And Susie's like, I was asleep. And Sarah's like, but no, listen. So one time I heard this same sound and they say that the directress never stays here and that she's not here now. But that's definitely her snoring because I've heard it before. And Tanner had told me that time that I heard it before the directress had stayed in the room next to me. So it's definitely the directress. And why are they lying? The teachers don't ever stay here. They leave at 930 exactly at night. And Susie's like, I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, the next morning, Miss Tanner tells Sarah that the directors didn't stay that night because she's out. Um, she's on a trip. She won't be back for two weeks. Why There's did she no say way. that? Did she overhear them talk about it or something? Uh, I think she's suspicious of Sarah because Sarah and Pat were close. Ah, okay. So something happens between Albert and Daniel's guide dog, which I'm very glad that we don't have to see it. Albert's a good boy and since his dark ship with those two. Mm-hmm. Albert's definitely fucked up for sure. There's something fucked up about that kid. Yeah. And Albert bites him. And then... So you think Albert middle... bit the dog? No, oh, I'm sorry. The dog bites Albert. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm just, just, I just, Albert seems like a fitting name for that dog also. Maybe they're both named Albert. I don't <laughs> that's, know. that's why they couldn't ever directly name the dog. Yeah, they could be. Tanner is a piece of shit. You know, she comes in screaming at Daniel. I get it, kind of, because like the, a child is hurt. Like I get being upset about it. Um, but this was handled super unprofessionally. Yeah, it is. She storms in there and forces him to stop playing and is like, your dog bit Albert. If I ever see it again, anywhere within like a mile of this place, I will have it put down. And then... Then she throws his cane across the room and fires him. Yeah, I feel so bad for him. And <laughs> and he's like, oh, guess what? Uh, I know you guys think that I'm blind, which means I don't know what goes on, but I hear everything. Mm-hmm. Basically a threat. Yep. He which was exactly a him. dumb move on his part. It was, yeah. He felt good about it. That was his storm off. He, he had been fantasizing about doing that this entire time. So Sarah wakes Susie up at 9.30 to listen to the teachers leave. And Susie is like trying so hard to fall back asleep. And she's like, they're not leaving. The door is to the left. And these steps are going to the right. And Sarah's like, we need to figure out where they're going. And Susie's like, I have so many tranquilizers in my red wine my gallon of red wine that they make me drink every night. <laughs> I don't stand a chance of staying Honestly, awake. I feel like that's just normal. Like that amount of wine <laughs> would make her feel that sleepy. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly drugged. Like the yeah, food is definitely meant to be For drugged. sure. But that's also just an obscene amount of like yeah. wine. She chugs it. We've seen her drink yeah. it. She doesn't like sip on it. She drinks it all in one big gulp. Yeah. No, she's she's definitely a white girl. Um, <laughs> white wine girl. Snow white. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what Sarah does is she decides that she's going to count the steps to try to figure out where they're going. We cut and see Daniel at a bar, which looks like a lot of fun. There's Dude, these dancers slapping each other. This I, is, oh, my on. God. This is who here. that one tagline was written for because Daniel can't see with his eyes. So he's ah. watching it, but he's hearing the performance. See, there, there you go. go. There yeah. go. Um, <laughs> so he ends up leaving the bar. Somebody helps him walk out. He ends up in like this deserted plaza and his dog starts growling and he's like hearing fluttering and he's like freaking out. He's saying, who's there? Who's there? And then a puppet of his dog attacks him. (sighs) I'm going to be honest, man. Like it had been a while since I had seen this. So I forgot about a lot of the stuff. I did not remember the dog jumping up and biting his neck like that. That fucked me up. That was so crazy. Yeah. Because like you think it's going to be this thing that just swoops in and attacks him. But nope. Nope, it's the witches influencing like the animals. It's yeah, it's not even just that. Like the dog just like starts eating his neck to like everything inside, and then two cops overhear everything and chase the dog away, and you know try and help Albert or not Albert uh, Daniel, Daniel as much as he can. Ah. But Albert's just the name for everybody for me apparently. <laughs> So at school the next day, the students have clearly heard about Daniel's death, and some of them joke about there being a hex on the place. 
So Susie speaks to Madame Blanc and she's like, hey, also I remembered some words that Pat was saying when she left. And Madame Blanc is like, interesting that you took two days to tell me this, but okay. Um, and Sarah is like, why the fuck would you tell her that? And she's like, I like, why wouldn't I? And she's like, yeah, but what if Pat was talking to somebody and now they're going to go after whoever she was talking to? And Susie's like, why the fuck would you be worried about that? And Sarah's like, because she was talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> she was talking to me. So, so yeah, we realized that she was talking to her the entire time. So, like uh, Pat was freaking out because she experienced something and mm-hmm. uh, she was trying to warn Sarah about it before she left. Yeah, she had taken a lot of notes and she shared them with Sarah before she left. Um, and she's like, I will show you the notes later tonight. The only other person I've shared them with is this journalist I know, Frank Mandel, who is here in convention. So later that night, after dinner, during bedtime, when she's known that Susie is catatonic, yeah, she goes in there to try and show her the notes and is very frustrated that Susie cannot wake up. Um, and then, because she realizes the notes are gone. Yeah, the notes have vanished. That's why yeah. she's waking her up to try and tell her that the notes vanished, which, yeah. like, uh, of all things, like, that could wait yeah. for the next day. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So she does still have her note about the footsteps because, you know, from the witch's perspectives, it would have just been, you know, numbers on a paper. Yeah. So she decides that she's going to, you know, maybe figure out what it is, except then she sees a light in her side of the room go on and she panics and runs out. And this is where she's got the chase scene. Um, she climbs up to the attic and is flip flopping into all the glass and the walls. Yeah. yeah, she like, somebody catches her. She like, so she's being chased now, which is why she's starting to like throw herself into everything yeah. that is on the walls. And then she like manages to make it into this other room here that, um, there's like a window up at the top. She mm-hmm. stacks boxes to get up there. And when she gets in there, she climbs to the other side and jumps immediately into a razor wire pit. Yes. And she's like trying to get to this door, but she's being cut up pretty badly. And then somebody comes through the other side of the door and slits her throat. That's one of the worst ways to go. And then I also made the note here that clearly John Kramer is a Suspiria fan. Is that like a thing? Because we've got the, the wire maze, fire maze in yeah. the first one. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he is a Suspiria fan. I mean, we've already established that he's a Sleepaway Camp fan. Yeah, so. he could be a fan of uh, the cheese and the art house shit <laughs> at the same time. So the next morning, Susie finds Sarah's room absolutely trashed. And the Sanders like, yeah, it's so weird. She just left without notice. This is how mm-hmm. she packed her stuff. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, I wish if she would have told somebody if she was unhappy here. It's just so rude. <laughs> Susie calls Frank Mandel, and they are planning to meet at the convention center. Um, And this is where he says that Sarah was a patient three years ago after her mother's death. Um, And then he goes on to explain that the Tam Academy was founded in 1894 by Helena Marcus, who locals thought was a witch. Um, She had been frequently persecuted wherever she went. She was called the Black Queen. She died in a fire in 1905. The school was taken over by a pupil. Eventually, the occult stuff was dropped, and it's now a dance academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he does a lot of like mental health shaming. Um, I don't believe in witches. Da 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 da. I guess I checked out during this whole part right here. I remember <laughs> like him breaking down everything about the notes because the way he's talking there, like he believed all that shit. So like, yeah, they definitely practice witchcraft here. Uh, by the way, I don't believe any of that shit. Also, here it's kind of like a. Yeah, Back like, and forth, like, here's all the shit that actually happened. I don't personally believe in it. Here's a guy that believes in witches. He's fantastic. He wrote the definitive story on everything about it. 
you yeah. two discuss like okay yeah and this is professor milius who says witches only do harm um in order for in order to achieve personal gain yeah they can change any event or a life but it mm-hmm. has to be harmful yes and he says that um once a coven is deprived of its leader it's like a headless cobra yeah harmless when she's referring to um helena yeah marcos yes um so later that night she doesn't eat her food when it's delivered and she goes out into the hall and notice everybody's gone and she learns that miss tanner got everybody tickets for the opening night of the boshoi and how convenient Susie's like why didn't i get one (laughs) she seems almost for a minute she seems to forget the witch stuff and just like reverts back to being a teen girl that has been like massively dissed yeah i get it i mean at the same time like she's still she's not been participating with the rest of them has she pursuing professional ballet and she's missing opening night with the bolshoi so i think they well to be fair they're still treating her as sick they got her on that diet like i don't think like well if you're too sick to dance you can't watch people dance obviously (laughs) um she tries to call frank but there's like a power outage and then we have the bad attack scene that goes on for 97 minutes Uh, (laughs) the entirety of this film that's one of the taglines if you thought the first five minutes if you thought the last five minutes were terrifying wait till you you watch the 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 72 minutes of bad attack attack. yeah that could be your tagline right there (laughs) (laughs) all right i like it yeah okay um she does the footstep counting because she hears the the footsteps going through the halls. Um, she follows the note that Sarah left. Um, she definitely could have worn sneakier shoes. Like ballet shoes? Um, yeah, like literally anything other than heels. And yeah. I will say, because we live in an older house, and there's definitely like footsteps with shoes versus footsteps without shoes. Both noisy. But I think it's a little bit harder to track footsteps without shoes. Yeah. Like you just hear like a general squeaking versus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she makes it up uh, to the attic, which I was watching the special features for this. And somebody pointed out, again, the weird way out of this place. In the maggot scene, up those stairs is where the food was and like all of the maggots were. And it was all hardwood. Yeah. But now, now it's carpeted. We're up here. It's carpeted. And then it's That's like a whole. That's why the footsteps stop. Yeah. Well, not only that, it's just like a whole area where mm-hmm. the rest of them are staying up there. There's a whole kitchen up there. They're like up there cooking. Well, she does that maneuver where she like runs by the opening to like get past the cook that like made her feel sick earlier, which mm-hmm. that was a really tense moment because she runs out to like go investigate and then. She yeah. managed to hide behind the curtains real fast just to not be detected. Yeah. But then she makes it into the room with the uh, the carpet. Yeah. Um, and this is where she remembers more of what Pat said. Um, these flashes come to her so conveniently. It's great. That's kind of like an Argento staple, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Three, uh, the secret is behind the door. Three irises turn the blue one. So she does. And it immediately opens the door. Like a secret door, which is yeah. very And spooky. it's a tiny door, which again, very Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, true. Yeah. So she goes in there. She sees the secret meeting of the covens and they're saying uh, that bitch American has to go. Um, it has nothing to do with witchcraft. They're just kind of over her shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they do cast like a sickness spell on her, mm-hmm. which does kind of fuck her up a little bit. But yeah. then she almost seems to immediately kind of recover. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. She backs into a table that is elaborately dressed with the corpse of her former friend, Sarah. Mm -hmm. 
So that's pretty upsetting. And then Pavlos starts looking for her with Sarah's stolen lighter. Which he was like fascinated with. Mm -hmm. Anytime he would go in there to drop off food, he would be like playing with it. Yeah. Um, So she goes into the directress's room um, and she's like trying to be sneaky. But then she knocks over this like little peacock lamp thing um, and wakes Helena. Dude, this is one of the scariest scenes in the movie. Whenever... Oh my God, it ramps up. They really aren't joking about the last 12 minutes of this being so tense because she knocks us over. She picks up one of the like peacock feathers to go stab Helena and Helena's like, you think you can kill Helena, Marcus? It's a combination of the silhouette on the other side, which it doesn't, like you don't get the full silhouette. Like it's kind of like Mm -hmm. distorted because of just the way, like the lighting of everything. But also that voice is really, really freaky. And then she pulls back the curtain and nobody's there. And then she is like, you will fight the living dead. And then, oh, hey, as if it wasn't traumatic enough to run into the um, ritualized body of her former friend, that body's now coming into her full deadite. Um, yeah, like full and laughing in a yeah. very, very creepy way. This whole thing is just so batshit insane. And like as... <sighs> Sarah is charging her lightning strikes, which kind of outline uh, Helena, mm-hmm. which is what makes her realize she can just stab her. So she does right in the neck. Oh, and she's it's so intense and she dies and the building starts flying apart and it's on fire and she runs past. She sees the coven. They're all choking and or bleeding, depending on which one you look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a panic and she's trying to get out there, but stuff is falling and um, she ends up running into the rain, which is a beautiful like bookend of how she started this. Because, you know, she came up to it, running to it in the rain, desperate to get in. And now she's like... That's really getting away. Yeah. It's yeah. a really nice little bit of, like, bougie storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get a credit that says, you have been watching Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I wish more, like, back in the age of, like, when we would watch cable TV, like, I wish that they would just do that before every commercial break. So that way... Because, you know, sometimes you turn on a movie partway through and you're like, what the fuck am i watching yeah i do like that i That's wish every cool. movie was like you've been watching da 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 i do like when movies end like that though i was like damn you know what i was <laughs> yeah that was an experience wasn't it <laughs> like this was real yeah you did watch this <laughs> you've been watching and we're hearing <laughs> that was claudia's <laughs> okay yeah. that's the end of it you know fuck it i'm a 10 bumping it 10 all right it deserves it it does hey honestly this is like a this is a fucking masterpiece right here. Like it, it's hard to beat this movie. Yeah. Um do we have any change? I, more dancing. More dancing yeah. and more of the other characters. And I know that the 2018 remake is different. It's not even Very the same different. thing from what yeah. I can tell. If it has dancing, please let me know. I believe it does. Seen it. I mean, it's the same type of thing like a dance school and yeah, I do it think it has, has a lot it does. I know it has Mia Goth. Does um, it? Yes. That's Tilda Swinton, too. Okay, then. <laughs> so Talia, <laughs> as soon as this movie started, picked up one of her toys and immediately knocked everything off her coffee table. She did. She, like, straight up wiped <laughs> the whole fucking she thing. She amped. She was so fucking excited about this movie that she was laid on the couch, half asleep, um, sometimes snoring like the directress, and then sometimes watching the movie. So I think Talia also, she gives us a nine. Because of the, the dog. Will Talia ever give anything a 10? She's given things 10s before. Okay. 
I think she was fucking amped to watch this. Yeah, but evil dog. Evil dog, but sometimes dogs are scary. She likes the dogs to be represented as scary people too. Yeah, but I, I think she would have liked to see a little bit more character development in the dog. Yeah, not like maybe a name. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Something she other than us. maybe Albert. She can tell us it could be Albert or not. Yeah. <laughs> she, she might be able to tell. Um, and Zoe was on the dog bed in the living room the entire time. So she did watch this. Yep. It ended with fantastic explosions all yes, around. Absolutely. So very much up her alley. <laughs> who did you relate to? Um, who did I relate to? Man, there's not a lot of characters to pick from for this, is there? No, not really. I'm going to pick Olga because I'm kind of nosy. I like hearing all the gossip. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll pick... Um, the directress Holiana because apparently I snore very loudly. <laughs> I've been told this weekend. Well, because for the past few nights, it's like Travis and Talia have been like fighting to see who can snore the loudest, and I'm left just trying to fall asleep. All right. Um, dream sequel. Ooh. <sighs> Susie has accidentally picked up some sort of power. She doesn't know it, okay? But it comes to light because she decides that she's going to go develop her own dance academy and it's even very though she never learned mm-hmm. yep <laughs> um and it's very successful and she doesn't really have like a good explanation for why she just keeps like attributing it to uh good luck and then like all of a sudden she's the bad guy and she's trying to figure out how to not be the bad guy like she's almost possessed in a way i think that's interesting i think drop the her being like a like starting her own dance school. I think like make her move to one of those locations that's part of the uh, the magic triangle where she like uh, just like is somehow drawn to like another witch-like area. Like okay. she can't really understand why, but she has like this feeling to go be in like another area. Okay. Um, she doesn't, maybe she's like attending something else. Maybe she's like, I don't know, like. Different dance academy. Yeah, maybe a different dance academy or something. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It could be something like that, but I like your idea, like where she just like somehow is accidentally becoming a witch. Yeah. She can't really control it. She's becoming evil and she can't help it. Yeah. Like she's being really successful and she's attributing it to luck, but like bad things are also happening around her and she's like, wow, that's really weird. Yeah. I could see that. That's pretty cool. Okay. Okay. Tagline. We, we, are, are, we already got that. Let's, let's re-say it. Uh, if, if you think the last five minutes are scary, wait till you see the 72-minute bat attack. Yeah. Something to that effect, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's like a fucking absurdly long bat attack yeah. scene. We all know I love to exaggerate, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, reviews. Reviews. Uh, okay, for inner reviews, I've got a one-star user <sighs> review from IMDb. Oh, no. It's titled, If This Is Argento's Best, I Would Hate to See His Worst. Oh, boy. I was forced to watch this film during a film analysis lecture at university, and there are three words I think perfectly sum this film up. What the hell? Where do I begin? (laughs) There was a plot line, yes, but the execution was so diabolical, a five-year-old could have written the screenplay. The acting was beyond reprehensible, stiff and wooden throughout. The main protagonist needs some serious acting lessons before being considered for another lead role. Every single one of the killings looked blatantly obvious that it it was a dummy. The scene with a guide dog killing its owner and the girl falling into the barbed wire were probably the best death scenes, and that is only because the audience isn't subjected to tomato ketchup blood straight away. All in all, if there was ever going to be a cure for insomnia, this is it. So that film analysis class was like 
not one he chose. I feel like I I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you can like like film and probably not like this movie. Oh no, you absolutely can. I'm just saying. I feel like he missed some of the themes of it. Yeah, maybe I feel like he like wrote that like in class after they finished watching that or something. But no, I do think like you can like film, but maybe not necessarily like the what the hell films. Yeah. And that's absolutely like valid. It is, it's, it's very much a mood when you're watching it. Um, and if you, if you don't like that experience, yeah, you're not going to like the movie. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, this right here, it, the narrative is like, it's there, but it's loose and things are just happening just for the hell of it. But that's kind of part of it. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, I totally like I didn't necessarily enjoy the experience super well the first time I watched it either. Like it's an, maybe one that like takes like two watches sometimes. And that's a yeah. lot to ask for a movie all the time. But, you know, like, I mean, I think that this one deserves it. Um, I think calling out the kills like that is kind of I mean, I don't know what you expect in 1977. You know what I mean? Like you can't make like truly photorealistic shit happening well and also i do think that sometimes um because obviously i call out like the bright paint blood yeah um and i do think that sometimes maybe just the aesthetic of a movie even if you know something like that lends itself well it can still be distracting and if you don't really care about the aesthetics of a movie then it wouldn't matter you know what i mean yeah i thought in this case though the cartoonishness of it made it more effective to me yeah like it makes it more absurd and that makes it more disturbing to me personally but like i get if you're not really expecting that i could see it being a little bit off-putting maybe yeah okay Let's go to listener reviews. Okay. All right. So over on Instagram, Redhead Lexington says, fuck yeah. That's my review of Suspiria. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. Tell us a little bit about what you like about it. Let us know. Yeah. A lot of the Instagram ones, you all can like message us directly. You don't have to do it within this one little box here. But yeah. like, you know, like I, I don't mind the short reviews either. It's fine. Like, fuck yeah. Like that's an appropriate response to something i just like to know why people like it i do too i i really like to know that too um well here's another one (laughs) robert atone says yay the good one lol (laughs) okay um i want to pick his brain on some of the other argentos now i'm curious to know yeah we've never really actually spoken with him about any of uh argento stuff i don't think yeah and i want to know why this one stands out for him so but if you want to Hot horror take. Robert definitely has them for you every now and then. Yeah. He was anti-scream for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over on Twitter. Heard it work today says, one of my favorites. Okay. Next up, Tyler says, this film is beautiful and I will never get over the apartment in the beginning and want to live there. Okay, I guess it wasn't important. Thank right. you, Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> Thanks. I needed confirmation that I'm stupid. <laughs> It's also really violent and very eerie. It feels like a fairy tale, especially with the lighting and cinematography. It's a classic for a reason. It's just perfect. Okay. I mean, for sure, dude. Like, I mean, it's the cinematography is one of the things that I love most about it. The lighting is fantastic. I love the characters. I love the like loose narrative that we get. Like, it it is almost like a fucking perfect movie. Um. All right. And finally, we have a review from Chad. Okay. Chad says, Suspiria is one of my all-time favorite films regardless of genre. I bought a VHS copy of it at my first horror con when I was 18. 
along with Zombie and the Beyond, and was immediately okay, so taken. So you were in for a weird night, dude. <laughs> Chad got into the like hard Italian horror shit at an early age. I respect it. Gorgeous in its presentation, flawless in execution, never letting too much story get in the way of the movie and its aesthetic, while allowing the story, such as it is, to be totally believable in the confines of the world and mythos that is built up throughout. That's a really good analysis of it. Um, and that's a lot of what I feel about it. Yeah, I agree too. I mean, yeah, this is one of those weird ones where, like, you know, not a lot of story gets in the way of, like, the movie experience. It's. It's a fucking experience. Yeah. That's really all there is to it. Well, like, and that's the thing too is that not every movie has to have like shit flying at you, and like all the time. Like we get enough of a story with it, and you're experiencing how the story's being told. Yeah, you know what I mean. Some of his other stuff is if you're wanting more narrative, like most of his other movies are very heavily narrative. Like um, his Jalos for sure, definitely do have that like a tight story that they follow i mean they kind of get like a little loose every now and then like deep red kind of like goes whoa for yeah. a second but it kind of like comes together towards the end again um but yeah no this movie's fucking tight i love it so like jonah hill there say it's tight. Phen- phenomenon has a lot going on too um, yeah phenomena does talking to bugs murder mystery uh adorable chimpanzee sidekick yeah um donald pleasance <laughs> um being mourned to death metal uh. oh god yeah i'll never forgive them for that that was the most absurd fucking thing ever. whenever they pull out uh, tunnel pleasance's body from his house it's just like <laughs> just metal music okay that's it for our reviews okay all right which means that's it for this week's episode oh man suspiria's been a long time coming here and i'm glad that we did it yeah me too all right, next week, though, we're back with our franchise. We're going to be talking about Saw 4. Saw 4. That's right, which is available to watch. I'm pulling it up. Uh, they just... Definitely on Shudder now. They put yes. all of the movies on Shudder. It is on Shudder. All of the Saw movies are on Shudder. Um, it's on Pluto. It's on Hulu, AMC+, Plus, YouTube Primetime, Amazon Premium, YouTube TV Premium, or you can rent it through Google Play or Vudu. Nice. So it's a very watchable movie. The only place it still isn't on is Peacock. Peacock had it for Halloween, and that was it. It's not on Peacock anymore? I thought you Mm-mm. just said it was on Peacock. No. I oh. said it was on... Um, Hulu and where the fuck did I say it was still on? Prime. Prime. I said that. Um, I said something. Pluto. Pluto. Okay. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of P's. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one's a that one's a fun one. Oh yeah, um, I love that movie. We're we're entering the fun era of song. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we're getting there. So. Uh, no, this one's uh, this is a really good one coming up. I'm excited to talk about this one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's gonna be a good time. Got a lot of options to watch it. Mm-hmm. So where you just listen to us talk about yeah. it. It's whatever you want to do. I feel like everybody's seen Saw Four at some point in their lives. I hope um. so. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. So that'll be it for this week's episode. All right. Um. In the meantime, you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram and Threads at Least Favorite Scary Movie Podcast, and we're on Twitter and Blue Ski at Least Fave Pod. You can also find us on our website, what's your least favorite scary movie dot com, and you can email us at least favorite scary movie at gmail dot com. 
Uh, if you want to support us financially, so that way we can buy equipment, keep our website running, et cetera, et cetera, you can join the cool kids like Eric and Vivi of Shaken Not Scared, mm-hmm. Joe, as is his name, Amber and Michael yeah, thank over you guys. on Patreon, and you get some cool perks with that. Um, but if you have no desire nor ability to do so at this time totally understand don't hold it against you there are free ways that you can support the pod beyond just listening you can rate review subscribe share us um you know just let people know that that you like us i did notice some new ratings on spotify and subscribing on spotify so Yay. that's really nice i appreciate you guys doing that that really does help a lot for yeah. us it, it, it just tells the algorithm that you know we're worth listening to and yeah. other people might like us too so yeah so Thank you guys for being here and supporting us. We really do appreciate it. Um, And then we'll see you guys next week with Soft 4. Yep. All right. All right. See y'all then. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. I just remember that we're going to be watching Christmas Prince soon. She's not aggressive enough getting her cab. No. <laughs> Entitled jerk. Different uh, <laughs> decade, different cab rules. <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um